welcome to every one of you online. It is an honor and a privilege for me to come into your homes and bring you the word of God this morning. I do not take this lightly. It is an honor for me. Thank you for allowing me to bring the word of God into your home. Welcome to every one of you and our, our online listeners and to every one of you watching internationally. The Lord bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you so much for allowing me this privilege. God, thank you for all of you for coming out this morning. I pray that you will be blessed by this word. Amen. You're already feeling touched and you're already feeling filled up like you just had. You got enough. You can just go home and feeling like that sometimes where the praise and worship just touches you and it's you know, it's, it's out there, it just blesses you. How many of you were so blessed by that praise and worship this morning? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for what he is doing. The Lord is good. We're talking to Jesus. Amen. Sometimes we just need a reminder that we have to talk to Jesus. Praise the Lord for these men and women of God and their faithfulness and what they do on the stage to touch our lives. Amen. Praise God for them. Well, it's out there. My cousin is pregnant. <coughs> Why are you congratulating her? There's a man of the moment right there. Come on. <coughs> yeah, man. My cousin is pregnant. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Anybody, anybody desiring, desiring to fall pregnant, it is very good to, to latch on to somebody that is pregnant. That spirit that is upon them, that life that is on them. True stories, trust me, that life, that spirit that is on them just falls onto you. So if you are desiring to fall pregnant, speak to her after church and just, just touch her stomach a little bit and just say, I, I, I receive this gift. And afterwards, immediately go home and spend alone time with your husband. <laughs> it's amazing when you talk about that, all the single ones, they're like, yay, amen. And all the married ones, they got their heads down like, I have no idea what that is. I don't know what you are talking about. All right, praise the Lord. Well, you're excited about the meet and greet area that we have. I think that'll be in the um, room on the outside. Amen. We are so glad. We are excited to meet you. So if you are here for the first time, as Pastor Nell has said, if you're here after a very long time, you just want to connect with us. We want to see your face. We want to relate to you. We want to see your face so I can have a face when I'm praying for you. Amen. So if you want to... Uh, and we have our own merch, by the way. Uh, for the first time after a very long time, we have our own merch. Uh, my daughter says merch. It's short for merchandise. And there's other gifts as well that we will give you that's in the room. Uh, top secret stuff. So only when you get to the room that you will know, I think, Sister Selby has that all out for you out there. And also the prayer room, please. Unit specific prayer. So we're not having altar calls anymore. We're going to, uh, anybody needs specific prayer, he does stand in agreement with you. Then the pastors will help you through to the prayer room. Deuteronomy chapter 20. Sorry. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Jesus, Lord, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit in this room. <laughs> All right. 
Second Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Verse 5, verse 12, verse 19, verse 21, verse 23. Let's start from verse 5. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. I want to talk to you this morning about, as I said, your frequency. I want to talk to you specifically about praise. Now we're going to go to worship. Listen very, very carefully. Stay with me and shout and scream when you receive revelation. Amen. I want to speak to you something differently. We always equated a slow song with worship and a fast song with praise. Am I right? But I want to show you through scripture, all what you did this morning was praise unto the Most High God. It was praises unto the Most High God. And we think sometimes that raising our hands and worshiping God, raise our hands and Lord, we love you. That is worship unto the Most High God. And that equates to that scripture, my favorite scripture, second favorite scripture, John chapter 4. Where it talks about worshiping him in spirit and in truth. And we relate that spirit and in truth to what we do in church. We're raising our hands and I worship you and I give you praise and I give you glory and honor. This is my worship. Here is my worship. All of my worship. Nothing wrong with the song. But is that entirely what that scripture is talking about? True worship. So let's look at the scriptures and let's see what it's talking about and what happens to the scripture. Firstly, Jehoshaphat feared and he set himself to seek the Lord. Firstly, let's just stop right here and say, when you fear, seek the face of God. When you fear, do not look at your bank account because that's not where the answer is. When you fear, do not first run to your boss because that's not where the answer is. When you fear, do not run home to your siblings or your parents or, or, or mom or dad or your brother or your children or wherever it is, your loved one. When you fear, first seek the Lord. Because fear is what brings wrong results. Fear is what brings wrong decisions. When you work through fear, there's a reason why all through Scripture the Bible says, do not fear. Listen to me very, very carefully. You listening at home as well, listen very carefully. There's a reason why the Bible says, constantly says, do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. Do not fear. And then it says, perfect love casts out all fear. Y'all know the Scriptures, right? We've been taught very well, you know the Scriptures. Perfect love. The Bible says that God is love. He's the perfection of love. So it's only God, the deity, or God himself, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. It is only God Almighty that can cast out fear. Nothing else. Try and get rid of fear on your own. You will succeed for a time. It lasts for a moment. It does not continue forever. It is only the perfection of God that will cast out all fear. You with me so far? It is only God Almighty. So right through scripture it says, do not fear, do not fear, do not fear. But then it says, have the fear of God. Because the fear of God is the beginning of all 
wisdom. And the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. When you have the fear of God, you will have wisdom. When you have the fear of the world, you will have condemnation. So when you have the fear of God, wisdom anointing comes upon your life. When you fear what the enemy wants you to fear and what the world says fear, fear the pandemic, fear what's going on, fear what the, what the government is saying, fear what society is saying, fear what the economy is saying, fear what your school is saying, Fear comes on you. It is not of God. Condemnation comes upon you. And when fear comes upon your body, that is where wrong decisions come from. When you have fear, you will make the wrong decisions in life. When you have fear, you will end up moving quickly instead of taking a step back and waiting upon God. When you have fear, you will act emotionally instead of acting spiritually. When you have fear, you will start acting what the world says you need to do and what your mind says you need to do instead of acting what word says I must do. So it says, he started to fear and he set his eyes upon the Lord and he started connecting to God Almighty and he set his eyes and his face upon the Lord. So as soon as you fear, you set yourself before the Lord. We respect this pandemic. We do not fear it. We respect the virus. We do not fear it. Because it has taken a lot of lives. And if not every one of us have in some way been attacked by COVID-19. If not you, someone in your house. Amen? So we respect it, but we do not fear it. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. It's the Lord that we need to fear and nothing else. But you're talking about praise and worship. <laughs> yeah, amen. The fear of the Lord. How many times we have feared so many things and through that fear, we made the wrong decisions. And you look back in your life and you think, you know what, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have made that decision. I shouldn't have done that. That was, that was wrong. That was wrong. That wasn't the right move. I should have waited upon God. The second we say those words when we are realizing our mistake another test will come our way for the Lord to see have you learned from your mistake has faith now overtaken your life or has fear overtaken your life and another test will come to see whether you will fear or whether you will faith will I fear or will I faith Verse 12, we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. How many times in our lives we don't know what to do and we do 
the wrong thing. Here it says, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are upon you. It's a greater statement of faith. I don't know what to do. It's easy to have faith when you know the answer. It's easy to have faith when you know what to do. It's easy to have faith when you know the outcome. When you have some idea of what God is doing in life, it's easy to have faith. But here he says, we don't know what to do. I have no power against this thing that is attacking my home. I don't know what to do, how to solve this problem. I have no clue. I don't know what to do, but I, my eyes are set and focused on you. In other words, Jehoshaphat said, you have the answer, Lord. I don't know how to, how to come against this army. I don't know how to defeat this giant, but you know what to do. My eyes are on you. Lord, you know, you know, you know how many times we come to a place in our lives where we will say, Lord, you know. I don't know, but you know. I don't know, but you know. It's a statement of faith. He's literally saying, I have no idea what to do. Lord, you know. You know what to do. Lord, I've tried every doctor. My child is still not getting better. Let's bring him back home, shall we? I tried everything else. I tried that doctor. I tried that specialist. And I tried that specialist. But still my child is sick in body. I don't know what to do. The medical aid is exhausted. Everybody ever had that experience before? Where your medical aid gets exhausted. And you have no money. And you don't know what to do. Sometimes God will put you in a corner where you have to turn and bow to him and say faith. Because sometimes when we have all the answers and you have all the money and the medical aid is rolling and the money is rolling, it's hard to turn to faith. But when you have nothing and all you have is just faith, what do you do? When we have nothing else, nothing left but just faith just trust in you Lord I'm just trusting in you I'm just trusting in you please heal my child please heal my baby please heal my child I don't know where else to turn or what to do I don't know what to do Lord I don't have the answer I've tried everything else Lord now I don't have any money to go to the doctors nobody wants to help my baby but Jesus please I'm turning to you please restore health please give me the answer Lord what do I do here He turned his eyes to the Lord. And look at what verse 19 says. The people stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. They praised the Lord God of Israel, our Lord, our King, with voices loud and high. It's an expression of faith, yes it is, but it also changes the atmosphere. When you praise God, it's like this. 
you in your home build this warehouse as all the lighting and all the fitting and all the cabling, the positive, the negative, the earth, they have all the equipment and everything. But until you go buy the lighting and until you come home and put it in its socket and put the switch on, then only will the light come on. All the resources is all in front of you. When you praise God, it puts everything into perspective. It puts a light in place. It puts a cabling in place. It puts everything in place. It puts a positive. It puts a negative. It puts the earth. It even puts on the switch. When you praise God, it's like a maze that forms itself and puts itself in order so that you can see the way when you praise God it doesn't just an impression of faith it changes the atmosphere when you praise God it changes the atmosphere when you praise God it changes your atmosphere it changes your atmosphere your destiny your hope your future your problem your situation your healing your health, your mentality, your problem, it changes it around because that is what praise does. You cannot see it, but it changes the atmosphere. You cannot see it in yourself, but it changes the atmosphere. You cannot see it. You cannot even fathom it. You cannot understand it, but it changes the atmosphere. And just because you praise the Lord, God changes things around. And that's where scripture says, I work all things for good to them who love me. See, God loves a praising people. He loves a praiser. He loves them that will praise Him and give Him glory and give Him honor. I know some of you came in this morning and you didn't feel like praising Him because of the situation you're in, because of the problem you're in. But when you praise God amongst other praises, there is something that happens in your destiny and in your future that God provides and heals and restores and changes. And when you leave the building, something happens in your future and it comes down and it is pulled down and it performs itself and it formulates itself and it manifests itself for your natural eyes to see. You cannot see it now, but when you praise Him, it changes. Praise changes your perspective. Instead of, of your perspective being on your problem, your perspective is on your praise. It changes the situation. When I praise you, I don't praise you through my problems. I praise you through my praise. I praise you through my praise. I'm changing the perspective that I have. I'm not looking at my problems. I'm looking at my praise. And because I praise you, it changes my perspective. And when my perspective, it, change, it changes my perspective around. Now I don't see the problem from the problem's point of view. I see the problem from a praise point of view. It changes my perspective. 
I don't look at it from a demon point of view. I look at it from a Holy Spirit point of view. I don't look at it from what the problem wants me to see. I look at it from a situation, from a problem-solving situation. I see it from the Spirit perspective. I see it from a praise perspective. And every time the problem rises up and say, hey, look at how I'm attacking you now. Look at what I'm doing to your family now. Look at what I'm doing to your marriage now. Look at what I'm doing to your children now. You say, oh, you just go on. You just go on. My praise is here. My praise is here. And I'm looking at you, not from my problems perspective. I'm looking at you from my praise perspective. And when I look at you from my praise perspective, it changes the atmosphere. It changes the atmosphere. And eventually, that problem is broken up and the chains get loosed. Head on over to Acts chapter 16. And the chains get loose. And when they consulted with the people, Jehoshaphat pointed those that will sing and those that will praise. Stay in Acts chapter 16, don't worry. I know what I'm doing. He appointed those that will sing and those that will praise. Wait a minute. There's no worship in there. There's them that sang and them, them that praised, them that prayed. Where's the worship? Where's the worship? Where's the worship? They praised the beauty of holiness. Now when they began to sing and praise, the Lord sent ambushes and destroyed their enemies. They destroyed one another. Praise destroyed the problem. Not you destroyed the problem. Praise destroyed the problem. Not you sorted it out. Not your money sorted it out. Not the doctor sorted it out. Your praise sorted it out. The next time you're in the doctor's room and he gives you a bad medical report, this is for somebody. I'm prophesying now. Somebody's going to go through this. And when it happens, you are going to go back home and you are going to praise the Lord. And you are going to praise Him through that problem. The next time when they call you in your workplace and they tell you one, two, three, you keep quiet and you go back home and you say praise five, praise four, praise six, praise seven, praise eight, praise nine, praise ten, praise seven, new things, praise eight, new beginnings, praise seven, a cycle, praise eight, a new beginning. I will praise you, I will praise you, I will praise you. The next time you are faced with a problem, You'll be silent and you go on your knees and you say, I will praise you. I will praise you. I will praise you. 
And His Word says, it will never return to Him void. You command Him and you say it by faith. Lord, Your Word, You will perform in my life in the name of Jesus. You told me to praise You. My pastor told me to praise you. So I'm praising you through this problem. You got to solve this problem for me now in Jesus' name. Because I praise you. Are there any... Praises that knows how to release a frequency of praise in this house this morning. What frequency are you releasing? A frequency of problems? A frequency of pain? Or a frequency of praise? Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas, verse 22. Then the multitude rose up together against them. And the magistrate tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them, they threw them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. You know, the enemy will always try and, try and attack, try and attack you. Now that that whole introduction is over, let me get to my message. The enemy will always try and fight you one-on-one. -on -one. They'll always try and fight you one-on-one. -on -one. You will always try and get you isolated. Think of the, the worst times in your life when you were vulnerable, when you were suicidal, when you were depressed. It was the times when you were alone. The worst times in your life, when you made the worst decisions in your life, when you feared the most, you were alone. The enemy will always attack you and try and get you alone. Because when you are isolated, there is nobody else to lean on. There is something that happens. It says Paul and Silas. There's something happens when a praiser is seated next to another praiser. And when praises goes up together, there's something that changes inside of you when you're seated next to another praiser. And when that praiser is praising God, 
that praise rubs off on you and your praise rubs off on them. And that praise goes up to God. One accord praise. There is something that shifts where two or three are gathered. I believe that in this building, there are more than two or three or 10, 17, maybe 25, maybe 45 or 47 praises in the house of the Lord this morning that knows what it is to go through some stuff that knows what it is to be burdened with a yoke, but knows what it is to be lifted up and praise the Lord and give Him glory and give Him honor and give Him praise. And you might be sitting, sitting where you're just stirring us up. You just want a great sermon. Yeah, I do. But not just that. This thing that we do and we stand up and receive revelation and we stand up and scream and shout and we stand up and praise God. It's not just something that we do just to stir up the atmosphere. It's because we have been through some stuff. It's because we know that there is power in appraising people. Because the enemy cannot stand in the midst of appraising people. There is only one prayer I ask God every day. Lord, allow me to see just for three seconds the supernatural. Why three seconds? Because three is my favorite number. In three seconds, I just want to see the supernatural. What happens in this atmosphere right here when we praise God? If we can only see the sword of the Spirit... If we can only see the breastplate, if we can only see the helmet of salvation, if we can only see the power of God and the glory of God and our angels that are all around and bringing in the Word of God sharper than any two-edged sword. If we can only see the angels flying all over and feeling His glory and His presence when praises goes up from this earth, we will never be the same again. We will be a praising people through everything that we face. We will praise Him through every single thing that we go through. I said, Lord, just show me for three seconds what happens in the atmosphere when I begin to praise because when I sit still, He sits still. When I sit still, He sits still. And my angels are waiting on me. Because that is what the Word says. We charge our angels into flight. And our angels are there to protect us. And we have power and dominion over them. And we can speak and they will listen. He made us above the angels. We have charge over them. So they will not just go and do something above our minds and what we ask or think. They will only do what we ask of. So they will wait upon us. But as soon as I get up and I begin to lift my voice and I begin to praise Him, angels automatically start flapping their wings. They start flapping their wings. They start flapping their wings. They start shaking themselves about. And they start dancing around. They start moving around. They start screaming and shouting and praising.
praising Him. They start rejoicing. They start rejoicing. They start rejoicing. They start rejoicing. Because I bring the praise. Because I lift to the praise. And when I lift your praise, the angels start flapping their wings. The angels start bringing down glory. The angels start bringing down blessing. When I lift up praise, angels get excited. When I lift up praise, angels start getting excited. It's like when you go into a chicken pen and you run into it. The angels and these chickens, they start flapping their wings and they start running around, running all over the shore. But do nothing and be absolutely silent. And these chickens just sit absolutely still. Angels remain still until you praise Him. You may try and find all the answers to your problem, but angels will remain still and wait upon your charge. And the only charge you have to your angels is praise. When you praise Him, it changes the atmosphere and it releases your angels. And every one of us have been given angels. And when you praise Him, it changes the atmosphere. And you might still be having people around you if you're not a praiser and you're all alone. And you'll have all people around you trying to help you and tell you you need to do this and you need to do them. But still you will be all alone in solitary, solitude, isolated inside. Because praise hasn't come out of you yet. You'll have people all around you trying to sort out your problem and trying to help you with your situation. You will still be all alone because praise hasn't come out of you. You can go to the best doctors. You can go to the best psychiatrists and the best places. There's nothing wrong with them but you can still leave suicidal because you haven't changed on the inside. Only this word changes you here inside. Doctors work here. Psychiatrists work here. But unless praise word comes out from here, nothing happens out here. says Paul and Silas. You know, if the enemy wanted to really destroy your life and he really wanted to bring you down, he would have tried and stopped you this morning from being here. Because he knows that something happens when you get to church and when you praise God. 
you were coming depressed and because you are seated next to a praiser, you will leave feeling full of joy because praise falls and goes. It, it contaminates the whole place. It contaminates the whole area when you praise God. And the enemy wants to cage you all alone because he wants to torment you with fear. And then it says, they threw them. You know, they should have never ever thrown them together in the inner cell. They should have kept them separated from one another where they couldn't hear one another where they couldn't hear each another praising God, but they put them together. Ah, worst mistake. Paul and Silas, he threw them together in the inner cell. Worst mistake. Worst mistake the enemy can ever do is put you alongside a praiser. Worst mistake he can ever do is put you alongside a praiser. He should have isolated him. He should have separated him. And all the other prisoners... We're watching, listen very carefully, and they were listening. How are these two mighty chosen men of God are going to react to this situation? People are watching you how you react to situations because they know you are a praiser. People are sitting and watching how you react to the problem you are facing because they know you are a praiser. They know you're a Christian. They know there is something on you. See, we have equated worship. Here it is now. John chapter 4. Worship with a slow song and praise with a fast song. No, that's wrong. It says, worship Him in spirit and in truth. Everything we have done this morning is praise unto the Most High God. Worship is your lifestyle. Worship is what you do in your home. Worship is your response to your workplace. Worship is your response to the doctor's medical report. Worship is your response to your husband. Let's bring it back home. Worship is your response to your wife. Worship is your response to your child exam that says an F. Worship is your response to your situations and your problems. And people are watching to see how you respond to the situations and life. When it says, worship me in spirit and in truth. What is truth? The Bible says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Shall set you free. The Bible says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. Jesus is the truth. Your response to life is your worship unto God. Your response to Jesus is your worship unto God. When you respond to life situations in the spirit, that is worship unto God. When you respond to life situations through the truth, through the word of God, that is worship 
unto God. How you respond to situations and how you react and how you respond to what you're going through and your life, that is worship unto God. Worship is what you do 24-7, 365 the whole year through. Worship is what you do with your life. Worship is your lifestyle. That is why, you see, the mindset has to change. We think that worship is coming to church, raising our hands. Oh, I love you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. That's why we can go home and curse every language there is and speak everything there is and be and live the way we want to because we think, Lord, I came to church. I gave you my worship. I gave you my praise. I worshiped you, Lord. So now we can go home and live the way we want to. No, that was your praise. Worship is your lifestyle. And when we have a mentality of worship and knowing that our worship is how we respond to situations, how we react and worship is when we worship Him in spirit and in truth. When we react with spirit, when we react with truth, that is worship unto God. Your response to Jesus in your life is your worship unto God. Your worship is not you raising your hands. Because here it says they were praying and they were singing hymns and praising God. It doesn't say that they were worshiping Him. Their worship was their response, the after that the people was watching. Paul and Silas was praising God. And giving him glory. They were thrown in the inner cell. And they began to praise him. Their response that the people saw. Was their worship unto God. What frequency are you releasing? A frequency of problems. Or a frequency of praise. They should never have thrown them together. Yes, Paul and yes, Silas, they beat them up. They, they broke them. They spattered them. They hit them. They tore flesh. They hit them. And then they threw them into the inner cell. They fell down. And they were in pain. They were lying down. And yes, Paul and Silas. broken. They were bleeding out. And just like the cross, this is the month of the cross effect, right? The cross effect. See, this was right after the crucifixion. This was right after the resurrection. This was right after the ascension. This was immediately after Jesus. So these soldiers wanted to give Paul and Silas the cross effect. And they beat them, and after they have laid many stripes on them, Paul and Silas try to get up. And I can imagine, yes, yes, Paul. And I can imagine, yes, Paul sitting down on one side, and yes, Silas sitting down on the other side. And both of them were beaten, and they were broken. And Paul... He's sitting down and he's looking. 
why does this pastor always so dramatic? He loves doing drama things and so he's so dramatic, man. He's so, he's just dramatic. Yeah, I know. I'm painting a picture in your mind. So yes, Paul. And Paul's like this drama queen, you know. He's just, just drama all around. He's just dramatic. He's like me. He's just dramatic and he's bleeding out and he's got so much of pain and, and he's suffering and he's full of anger. And they beat him and they broke his body. And he doesn't know what to do and he's looking at Silas. I said, what are we going to do now, Silas? We serve this Lord. We serve this God so much. I gave my life to him. I surrendered my family. I gave up my home, my future, my studying. I gave up my degree. I gave up my career. Paul, I was, to, uh, Silas, I was tormenting the Christians. And I was getting paid for it. I was destroying churches all over. And the government was paying me for it. What do we do now? And I gave up all of that to come to this Jesus. And yes, Silas. Silas doesn't know what to do. Looking at Paul, I'm just talking to Jesus. I'm just talking to Jesus. Just talking to Jesus. And Paul, Paul is like, yeah, he's a, hey, Silas, what you doing? What is that you're singing? What's that? I, I didn't hear that song before. What's that you're doing? And Silas is like, no, it's this new song that Elevation wrote with Brandon Lake. I went to Faith Joburg last week and they did this new song. And it somehow just dawned on me. It's, just talking to Jesus. And, and Paul is like, hey, Silas, teach me that song. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. Oh, oh. And Silas came, come on, Paul, stand up with me. Stand up with me. And all the other prisoners, they got their mics together. They got their mics together. And all the other prisoners, they started singing. And they started praising this God whom they did not know at the time with Paul and Silas. And Paul starts singing, what a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. Whoa, what a friend we have. What a friend we have in Jesus. And they were singing, what a friend we have in Jesus. They were singing, what a friend we have in Jesus. Whoa. And they were singing, they were singing, 
I'm just talking to Jesus. I'm just talking to Jesus. I'm just talking to Jesus for the rest of my life. And Silas said, I'm just talking to Jesus. I'm just talking to Jesus. I'm just talking to Jesus for the rest of my life. I'm just talking to Jesus. I'm just talking to Jesus. And as they begin to praise, and as they begin to sing, praise came on them. And the problems seemed to, to roll away. And the pain rolled away. And all the problems rolled away. They began to praise Him. They began to praise Him. They began to praise Him. They began to sing praises and pray and sing praises and start talking to Jesus. They served the Lord with all their hearts and they were put into the inner prison. They were jailed, they were cursed, they were condemned, but they knew this Jesus. They knew the maker. And I'm talking to some Christians this morning that knows what it is to praise God, that knows your Lord and King, that knows how to praise Him. And just like that, they began to praise Him and they began to talk to this Jesus. He came and He gave His life for me. So never mind they threw me in the inner cell. Never mind they laid lashes on me. I will still praise my God. I will still praise my King. I will still praise this Jesus because He gave His life for me. And because He gave His life for me, I will praise Him. Nevertheless, I will praise Him. Nevertheless, I will praise Him. I know I have sickness in my home. Nevertheless, will I praise Him. I know I lost my job. Nevertheless, will I praise Him. I know there is problems in my home. Nevertheless, will I praise Him. I know I'm going through some stuff, but nevertheless, will I praise Him. Come on, praise Him. Come on, only praising people. Praise Him. Let me tell you what happened. They began to use what was loosed to break down what was bound. You can take away my shackles. You can chain me up. You can curse me up. You can break my body. But you can never take away my praise. If the enemy only knew, he should have put duct tape on their mouths so that they couldn't extend praise unto God. If the enemy only knew, he shouldn't have put them both together in the cell together. But they began to praise God and give Him glory together. They used what was loose to break out what was bound.
They use their praise to break their chains. They use their praise to break their chains. I've come to tell somebody this morning, stop focusing on what is bound and stop focusing on what is loose. Stop focusing on the chains and start focusing on your praise. Start focusing on praise. Loose your praise. Break the chains. Loose your chains. Break the chains. Come on and praise them. We are praising people. Hallelujah. allowing your chains to break your praise. Start using your praise to break your chains. Throw your hands away. I'm, I'm done preaching. Father, I pray your blessing over your people. We will never allow our chains to break our praise. But there is a praise that breaks every chain. There is a praise that breaks every chain. I thank you, Lord, that we will see a harvest through a praising people. We will see deliverance through a praising people. We will see manifestation through a praising people. We will see healing through a praising people. As we praise you, Lord, I thank you for your glory upon your people. I thank you for your anointing upon your people. We bless you. We give you all the glory and all the honor. I thank you, Lord, for the people that we will meet in the meet and greet room. I thank you, Lord, for them that we haven't seen for a long time, for them that we haven't seen at all. As we meet them, I thank you for their glory upon their lives. I thank you, Lord, for all those that will go out into the prayer room for prayer. Lord, as we pray over them, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We receive a harvest right now. We will see breakthrough right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray multiple blessings over your praising people this week. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, church. God bless you. We will see you next week, if not on Wednesday. God bless you, church.